Welcome to the Vagabond Way podcast, the journey goes ever on with The Long Road. This episode, Horned Men and Big Tin Breastplates. You'll just have to listen to the episode to see where the Horned Men and those Big Tin Breastplates fit in, I'm afraid. Uh, Perhaps Kev surprises us on his latest Camino Journal entry with people he befriends, or perhaps Steve is out looking for such characters for a new opera. Or maybe Chris the Bishop Lydon, that's me, maybe I'm finding these folk as assistants for my latest culinary quandary. Only one way to find out. The Vagabond Way podcast featuring The Long Road is exploring the world of the troubadour, the adventurer, the vagabond. The world isn't beige, it isn't processed, it's authentic, it's rich and it's real. If those are the sorts of sentiments that make your brain light up, then hop on board. We're embracing all of those things, we're celebrating all of that and we'd love it if you'd join us on the journey. Lydon, it's great to have you with us for another slice of The Long Road Life. So, the other option for this episode's title was Reasonably Erect for a While, uh, but I just couldn't bring myself to use it. Uh, you're going to have to keep on listening to find out how that, how the heck that phrase actually comes up. Uh, anyway, a quick notice about our Festival of the Artisan coming up at the end of March. Don't forget to get your limited edition backstage passes now from festivaloftheartisan.co.uk slash box office but also here's your chance to join in the festival action from home our own Kev Moore has written a festival anthem called Sing Together, an uplifting moment for us to come together despite the uh, the separations right now and sing together Uh, and we want you at home to join in so head to festivaloftheartisan.co.uk slash festival anthem to watch the video that explains everything and find out how to join in. We want people from all over the world to send us videos recorded at home of them singing along to the chorus of the song or you know playing along to the to the song it's very sing-alongable um just get involved the submissions need to be in by the end of friday the 12th of march uh, so we can include you in our mega montage video which will be premiered at the festival on the 26th and 27th of march in our live stream so get involved festivaloftheartisan.co.uk anyway on to today's content uh, the the topic of discussion in our three-way chat this week is the journeys we remember on our ways to gigs over the years i'm going to hand over to me <laughs> everybody welcome to another chat with the long road there's three of us together again digitally via zoom and uh, we've got steve at home in derbyshire hello steve Ina Kleiner nicked music Ina Kleiner nicked music yes <laughs> a, a little not music <laughs> and then we've got kev who's actually made his way to the uk hey, kev. Hey, oh, <laughs> hey, oh, ducks. i'm back into hey, derbyshire oh. <laughs> and actually, you know, the, it's, judging from your Facebook posts over the last sort of forty-eight hours, Kev, it sounds like you've had a slightly um, not a troubling journey, but a slightly unusual journey. I mean, we're start of March here in the UK, and the COVID restrictions are still in force here in the UK and across Europe. And it sounds like Kev, you've had a bit of a, an interesting journey getting over here. Yes, I, I won't say it was epic, but Wagner could write a, a cycle about it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Three four-day operas to be written yes. in 2022. About Indeed. It. I, I, I need to have that illuminated for me. Were you travelling with horned men and yes. women with big tin breastplates? breastplates I mean, in yes. what sense was it Wagnerian? 
We seem to have fallen back into the... Straight back into nipple track. Straight back How in. How does this happen? Well, yeah. No nipples, no. They're just big breastplates. <laughs> big breastplates. <laughs> like, like dustbin lids. Uh, yes, indeed, yes. There was, there was maybe nobody on the train that took care from London to Derby, but there were many breastplates by the time. Yes. <laughs> I mean, the, my, my, my journey is basically what... <laughs> my journey is basically what's what's prompting t- today's sort of topic, isn't it, Bish? Really? Yeah. So yeah. Perhaps I should regale you with my with my so, journey. So, what what other impossible journeys have we experienced in our lives as musicians? Kev, you must have stories. Oh my God! Um, well, there was, I I once had a uh, gig in Germany uh, with uh, BC Sweet, and the promoter was, is notoriously tight fisted. So would always find the cheapest way to get me there, no matter what yeah. it entailed for me. So the, this information came through one time, and, it, and he excelled himself. It was I had to drive two and a half hours north to Alicante, then get on a, a plane to go to Madrid. Which I, by the time I got to Madrid, I could have got to Madrid from my house quicker than going all the way to Alicante and then get waiting to get on a plane to go to Madrid. Yeah, yeah. And then when I got to Madrid, I had to get off that plane and get on another one to Bilbao. So by then, I'd already done two flights and a long drive, and I was still in Spain. <laughs> so, so then I had to get a, <laughs> I had to get a flight from Bilbao to Dusseldorf. So by this time, the day is is ebbing away, you know. And I'm, yeah, absolutely. I eventually landed in in Dusseldorf, and then I had to get on. One of these ice trains, you know, the big German mm. trains that are incredibly uh, uh, comfortable and incredibly on time and what have you. And so I, I whisked across part of Germany on that. I had to change somewhere um, further down the line and got on another smaller train that took me a little <laughs> further east. And I had to change off that. And then I was on a train that was a single track. Oh, wow. It's literally a single track train going through forests. And I'm th- thinking, am I going to just fall off the end of the world here? <laughs> what? And, and it, it literally got to the end of its line. And I oh, got wow. off. And there was a wooden platform in a field. <laughs> and I got off the train with my guitar and thought, where the hell am I? There was nothing. <laughs> I'm like in a Schwarzwald, you know, on a wooden platform. Yeah. And then this Jaguar comes screeching up the lane and lo and behold, the promoter's in it and came to take me to the gig, which wow. was somewhere random like up, up in the what used to be East Germany, you know. And I'm just like, that's bizarre, you know. That was the so most that, bizarre. So that one, that, one worked, that one worked out by the sound But of it actually worked out, yeah. I actually did get to my destination, which was pretty impressive, yeah. In my day, it used to be dodgy cars. Dodgy cars was the... the, the, the uh, getting to the gig, a complete wonder I'm still alive. I used to have this Austin, no, what was it? Something Sunbeam, something uh, Alpine Sunbeam. Alpine, it looked quite flash as long as it wasn't moving. Yeah. <laughs> but a bit like me, really. And uh, <laughs> But it had this disturbing habit of, well, the, the gear stick used to suffer from brewer's droop. Um, <laughs> you'd be bombing a lot and you go towards putting your hand on it to change gear and it would just flop. I mean, literally flop <laughs> and lie on the floor. Um, and refu- totally refuse to get up again. And um, it was just a, 
So you used to have to get the car, and then there was this kind of stick your hands underneath. There was a little grommety thing that got worn and push it back in, and then it would... It would like be stirring re- pudding, changing gear. Yeah, it would be re- reasonably erect for a while, but... <laughs> It just didn't last. I'm, 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 af- I'm afraid that might be this week's episode title right there. Yeah. Reasonably, Reasonably erect, erect for, for a while. while. <laughs> <laughs> Featuring the long road. It's an age thing. It's an age thing. Oh my yeah. God. So was that. And then there was Colin's van, which we may have oh. discussed before. I don't know. But our drummer in Kevin and I's group, we used to play, and he was a great guy. And he was the only one with a van. I it remember Colin's van. A that's, the, that's the qualification for most drummers back then. Uh, a, well, exactly. Do you have a van? I yeah. had a van, uh, Austin A40, I presume, or a Morris Minor van or something like that. Mm. Uh, we all used to get in the back of it with his drum kit. But basically, it was brown, wasn't it? It was, it was, it was mm. not a distinguished colour. And um, <laughs> it had rotted all the way around the, the back. So as you went along, and he always drove too fast, the air would force its way in and the top would start to come off. So you used to kind of, <laughs> you used to go to the gigs with your feet jammed under the front and mm. hanging onto the you know the, the frame to try and keep the top on, thinking you know if this goes if it goes much faster, I'm going to you know be back down the A38, you know. <laughs> but there were many, there most of them were like that, weren't they? Yeah. One of the best journeys I had, but with the, and the shortest or the worst journey, I should say, was we'd played a uh, somewhere like RAF. Alston or some somewhere down south, an RAF base anyway, and um, we'd. It was one of the, those RAF bases are designed very strangely. They've got sort of buildings that are away from the roads, and and I don't know if it's designed because of um, security or whatever. And uh, mm. we needed to get the, the the truck. It was a big truck, a Fiat Iveco truck, um, as near to the building as possible to load out the gear. So. Um, one of us said, oh, we'll, we'll go down, we'll keep the... It was mainly grass surrounding the building. So we'll keep the wheels on that cement path there so that at least mm. one set of wheels have got traction. So we did that and, great, got got to the, the doors, loaded all the gear in, of which we had several tonnes of gear and um, all ready to, to head off. Gig done, great night, you know, set off. Uh, and then suddenly there was this almighty, like an earthquake... Mm. and uh, the van just went <clears throat> down like about five feet, and we'd actually travelled on non-load-bearing covers, which uh, were basically d- just concrete slabs over a, 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 a tunnel of cable rail. Oh, wow, like wow. Yeah, mm. so what happened was the gearbox came up to head height, yeah. It just thrust everything. So the gearbox is like up, up head height. And yeah. the drummer turned to Trevor, who was driving, and just said, have you tried putting it in reverse? And he just looked, <laughs> he just looked round at him as if to say, the gear lever is through the roof, you moron. Reverse is not possible. Reverse is an option. Yeah. No. And that was the end of that van. That was it. The van ne- yeah. never never ran again. Yeah. We had to go, oh it ended up in a scrapyard down there and um, we went and collected all the gear and that was the end of that. My God. So never drive on non-load-bearing covers, everybody. Sh- sh- long story short, you, Kev, you've talked about planes. Um, mm. Steve, your memories of cars breaking down. Mine, unfortunately, is coaches. 
when I was working for the National Youth Orchestra and trying to get 180 teenage musicians around the country, nearly always there'd be something wrong with one of the coaches. And the, one of the one of the most spectacular was, I'll cut the story short, but three coaches, so probably with 60, 70 people on each coach, yeah. heading from wherever we were staying to the to a concert venue. It was the middle of summer, so this was this would have been early August one summer, blisteringly hot, beautiful day. You know, three coaches full of people, but you know these seventy-seater coaches, which aren't that comfortable because they've got too many seats, really. Yeah. Um, you know, a row of five rather than t- a three and a two rather than two two twos. Yeah. Um, and um, one of the coaches broke down. The one I was on broke down. They the the company sent a backup one, that was on its way. Um, but unfortunately, that one broke down on its way as well. Oh, no. so, so, so at this point, there's one coach stranded in the countryside with 60 kids on and you know members of staff. Um, but unfortunately, this coach was kind of what they... They all signed themselves up for the coaches. These ones thought they were the... This was the cool coach. This had all the, all the older kids who tended to be the front desk players, the principal players, so the people who actually were at, quite important for the, <laughs> for the, the gig, yeah. Musically. Yeah. Um, so and the other coaches carried on. So they got to the venue. One of them turned round and, and started to come back to pick us up because it's empty now. And we, so we were just—I mean, there was nothing we could do. We were just sat on the. Luckily, we were, we were on—it were on country roads rather than a motorway, so we could get out and we could sit on the side. Yeah. But then it was—it was the middle of the day, midday sun. I was thinking, right, we're going to get heat stroke out here. This isn't good. Yeah. All we had was a me- a meager packed lunch from whatever venue we were at. It's, you know, two yeah. slices of bread and a and a and a really hard orange. And a tiny bottle of water. I remember the bottles of water being tiny. Yeah. And it's like oh, this. This isn't. This isn't going well for anybody. <laughs> Two hours in the sun, um, and being late for this thing. Eventually, the um, one of the other coaches arrived. But unfortunately, I'd forgotten that the other coaches that were coming, one of them was a forty-nine seater. So at that point, we could only get two-thirds of our party onto a coach anyway. So then we had to play the wonderful game of, right, who gets to live and who gets to die? (laughs) (laughs) And we we had to decide, basically, really very quickly, which of these kids was allowed to get on this coach or not. And we had to look down the orchestra list and try to work out, right, who actually... It was really harsh because we basically had to work out who was more important? So it really Which, was a lesson to the ones who hadn't practiced. You're still was, on the verge. It was awful, it was awful. <laughs> for, for an organisation that back then was really trying to remove hierarchy from classical music to suddenly have to go right. Literally, if your violin's one to eight, you can get on this bus. If your violin, if your violin nine to sixteen, you stay in the heat. I'm so sorry. It was, uh, it was a fabulously stressful day. Fabulous, you know. That's amazing. You know the most prestigious concert platforms when we get to have these coaches that broke down that day will stay with me as to yeah being a, yeah. a particularly bad travel day but you know <laughs> did the show I, go I, on though bitch did the show the show, go the show went on it always does you know whatever hits the nyo you know mm-hmm. we had 130 kids go down with um norovirus 10 years ago but they all made it to the concert platform eventually and it was yeah it all it always works out <laughs> thinking this week about getting lost I don't mean going out now and losing myself I mean the principle or the idea or the notion of getting lost it may be a topic in which I am supremely qualified to talk about I'm not quite sure why it came to mind I think perhaps because I'm 
staring at two piles of notes uh, for songs I want to write for the Festival of the Artisan. Um, one is the story of an SAS general who became interested in flowers and birds and, and did some remarkable conservation work. And the other is about a 17-year-old who lied about his age, got on an oil tanker in the late 1930s and went to work in Persia. When you sort of start, when I start to think about writing these songs, my immediate sense is one of helplessness. How do I do this? Where am I? Where do you begin? I mean, I know I have various skills and and techniques, but there is always a moment when faced with something like that where you feel completely lost. But what keeps me going is that I recognise this feeling. It, it is one, as I said, I am really used to. I've been lost everywhere. I've been lost in Athens, in a very dodgy place which led to me having to escape through a bathroom window. I got lost in Georgia. Well, no one told me there were two Nashvilles and the one I was heading to was the city of the Deadwood Tree and not country music. I got completely lost on a daft expedition to find the old city of Saleh in Morocco home of pirates and the Sally Rovers that we sing about in folk songs. Landing in a very, very busy Casablanca airport, I knew vaguely I had to catch a train south. I didn't really understand where to go. Walking up to people and asking in my awful French, Où est-elle? Où est la guerre? led to some very funny looks until I realised I was asking them where the war was rather than the railway station. Gar, gear. It's easy to mix them up. Looking back on it, I'm slightly surprised I wasn't arrested. A bearded, rough-looking sort with a backpack wandering around an airport looking for military action. No, being lost is as familiar as an old overcoat to me. Certainly, it always brings out the child in you. You know, the long fear of being lost in the forest with wolves and witches and dragons. But also, being lost is a problem to be solved. A situation to be resolved. The first thing you meet when you are lost is yourself. Your emotions, your beliefs, your knowledge, or perhaps your lack of it. There you are, staring yourself in the face, wondering, what the heck do I do now? Well, what is it you've lost when you're lost? Well, you've lost your bearings. You've lost your certainties. All those things that had you on cruise control have just disappeared, leaving you standing 
hopefully metaphorically, naked in the wilderness. And you know, this ain't such a bad place. Anyone who is afraid of being lost is probably afraid of living. Being lost goes with the turf. It goes with the road. It goes with the adventure. Take those away. And life is nothing. Something lived on autopilot. And losing those bearings is a call for creativity and discovery and exploration. And that is how it is in writing songs sometimes. Sure, I could pick up a guitar and say, this is going to be a country vibe, or this is going to be a rock song, or how about some pickety-pickety folk? But that would just be downloading a song I'd written before, or more likely a song someone else had written before. To let yourself be lost, to let myself be lost, invites me to really tune in to what's around me, what's there on the page in terms of ideas and thoughts, what's singing out from the guitar, to feel fresh and innocent once again. Yeah, that is the magic of getting lost. Oh well, I've got these two songs to write. I better get on. So it's a free choice for me this time to choose some music to play, related or, or not to uh, Steve's thoughts this week. Um, I've gone with our song from last year called Do You, uh, a secular prayer, perhaps whenever we're presented with problems to be surmounted, we've lost our bearings, our certainties. Uh, this song is wishing someone an authentic and spiritual life despite all the, the madness and impossibility that surrounds us. So this is Do You from Steve Bonham and The Long Road. Do you stand at the crossroads with the ghosts of the night? Do you sleep like a baby when you turn out the light? Do you go to the seashore where the ice cuts the air? From the edge of the cliff top, do you fly? Do you dare? Do you? Do you? Do you? Do you? Do you? Birds are gone 
you imagine the whole world is breathing as long? Do you open your eyes wide with day and dust meets? Shiver with pleasure at the touch of cool sheets. Do you? Everybody and welcome once more to what is already being described as Kev's Cafe Camino Corner. It's not really, but it's catchy, with a K, don't you think? Anyway, you may remember, dear loyal listener, that you found me last week safely arrived in the city of Gijon on Spain's northern Atlantic coast. And indeed it was a city and the first I'd seen since setting off on my trek. And so it was that... On the morning Monday, October the 12th, fuelled by several coffees, I was somewhat giddy with excitement to explore the place, having decided to spend two nights here. I'd had a nice chat with my roommate, Rocio, a really nice girl from Argentina who is now following our Witchcross YouTube channel. She must be the first young person I've met that actually doesn't do Facebook. Big respect for that. She was leaving today, heading back to Bilbao, where she currently lives. I wandered out onto the seafront and the sun was there to greet me. 
It was bustling with life, something completely alien to my recent experiences, but nevertheless lovely to witness. Everyone was masked, of course, in this year 2020, but determined to live their lives. I visited the old town and the pilgrim's church. I must go in tomorrow and see if they'll stamp my pilgrim's passport before I leave. I had a wander around, choosing places to photograph. It was really lovely. And on my travels, I found an artisan market where they sold all manner of uh, leather goods and various uh, craft stalls were set out there and uh, bakeries and such like. And I bought a chorizo empanada and a donut for brunch. I have to confess, dear listener, that a little later I also succumbed to churros and hot chocolate, a sin somewhat ameliorated by the knowledge that I was buying fresh fruit and yoghurt immediately afterwards. There was some kind of a parade on down by the waterfront, and I should mention at this point that Gijon is situated on a promontory of sorts and therefore has two seafronts. It's quite confusing when you come across the other one. And there was the one that my room looked out upon, which was mainly a beach, and then this one where there was a harbour and a marina and you could see the masts bobbing up and down like the spines of a restless porcupine. There was rousing music and Spanish flags everywhere. I filmed the boats in the harbour, weirdly to the theme from Chariots of Fire as it came forth from the PA in the square. It fitted the mood beautifully. Tomorrow I'll be more than ready to eat up the 27 kilometres to Aviles. Next week... A night's stay in something out of a Terry Pratchett novel. See you next week. for the Bishop's Daily Bread, which actually touches upon the topic of bread, the burning heart at the centre of this segment's soul. Uh, so this week it is pizza deliveries. Now, I'm not just talking about a regular 10-inch or 12-inch from round the corner delivered through your door by some plucky young chap on a bicycle with a, a phone strapped to his um, his handlebars. I'm talking about pizza kids. <laughs> I might leave this in. Uh, I'm talking about pizza kits delivered to your home. The dough ready-made in a ball waiting to be flattened out, a tub of tomato sauce, uh, mozzarella cheese, and then various other toppings. I have quite deliberately, by accident, tried three different such services over the last few weeks, purely for scientific research purposes. One was sort of middling price range, kind of what you'd pay in a restaurant for a fairly good basic pizza. Uh, One was slightly cheaper, so a fairly good value Um, restaurant pizza, and the other was more like a sort of premium restaurant pizza price. Um, There are many, many things to applaud about these these services. Uh, I think it's great entrepreneurship. I can never say that word. Entrepreneurship. I'll leave that in as well. In this, um, in these times, try to work out how to do things in a new way. The, uh, the the deliveries have been fine. I mean, to be honest, DPD will just leave it out in the street these days. They don't care. Uh, but that's a topic for another day. Um, these packages each had a sort of pizza box with all the bits in. Uh, 
but wrapped in a rather fabulous layer of wool. Um, biodegradable and eco-friendly, it seems. Um, so I've got a sort of small growing collection of woolen sheets building up in my kitchen now. Um, unfortunately, a fair bit of um, plastic tub usage in the kits themselves, uh, but right now that kind of seems unavoidable for such endeavours. Um, two of the kits extolled the virtues of, and I am 100% a convert here, of making the pizza in a frying pan. You sort of spread you spread the dough out, and um, they give you a great video to how to do that. You put it in a medium hot pan, spread the tomato sauce on, um, and here's their great tip: a dusting of grated parmesan, then a winner, and then the cheese, the mozzarella. In all these cases, um, and then after you put all the toppings on, you put it under a really hot grill for a couple of minutes, and it works a treat. Um, the uh, the third kit got me because they offered more toppings, uh, but I'll tell you now, it's a swizz. Uh, just get the basic kits and then provide your own toppings. You know, kits one and two, the sort of mid price and the lower price, both great. Hardly any difference in them, really. Um, kit three with the extra toppings, absolutely not worth the extra dollar. But they did get me on a on a deal for a cocktail delivered with the pizza kit. It was pretty bloody strong. So maybe they're just hoping to get people drunk and ignore the fact they've just spent two pounds fifty on twelve very small chunks of pineapple. Yay, 2021. So that's it for this week. Thank you for listening wherever in the world you are. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, and now YouTube as well. The next episode will be out next Friday. Join us on YouTube for the Transatlantic Connection show and become part of the Transatlantic Connection movement. Head to youtube.com slash thelongroadband. If you fancy buying us a coffee, you now can at buymeacoffee.com slash thelongroadband. It's dead simple to just drop us a few quid to support what we do. It even accepts Apple Pay and Google Pay. Super easy. Uh, all of our music and merch is on Bandcamp, where you can help support a positive ecosystem for the music industry. Download streaming, vinyls, CDs, the companion book. It's all there. The Long Road Band bandcamp.com we're on patreon at patreon.com slash the vagabond way big thank you to our patreons and a special shout out to orla flynn james lyden Stuart lyden yvette lyden and trish taylor thank you for your ongoing support if you'd like to support us become a vagabonder you'll get free digital stuff and merchandise in the post if you want it help us create something different something that entertains and something that inspires others so join us on the journey and release the vagabond within patreon.com slash the vagabond way Thank you once again, brave adventurers, vagabonds and explorers, for joining us on the Vagabond Way. Remember, the world isn't beige. It's authentic, it's rich, and it's real. Embrace every last bit of it. Until next time, the journey goes ever on with The Long Road. Bye for now.